Welcome to the Presentation Boss Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Kate Norris. And I'm Thomas Craft. Whether you're pitching your business, speaking at a work meeting, or on the stage, we're here to help you present with clarity and confidence. Welcome to the show. It's episode 18. We today are tackling a topic that actually came to us from a listener. So she has an event coming up where she's facilitating a bit of a breakout session and wants to know how to be an MC, which is something that we've both done before in um, at small events, at big events, a uh, number of times over the years. And so today we want to share uh, a whole bunch of the tips and tricks that we've learned in our time, either being an MC or very closely watching MCs at other events. Yes, so hello and thank you to Susie for submitting this request. So we decided to approach this in four different sections. We're going to have a chat about what is the role of an MC? What are you trying to achieve in that role? Mm -hmm. And then we'll talk about what you need to think about before the event, the things that you need to prepare and make sure that you've ticked off. Then the considerations that you need to make from the stage, whether that is just the front of a meeting room in a smaller meeting or facilitating a larger event when you are actually from a literal stage. (laughs) And then finally, we will talk about dealing with common scenarios. So a couple of episodes back, we talked about dealing with difficult people and having some specific strategies in place to deal with specific scenarios when they come up. And this is the same. We've got a couple of different situations that we've dealt with that we can help prepare you for. So we're going to start with what is the role of an MC and what sort of events require an MC. So the very obvious answer here is big conferences where you've got a stage and kind of a very formal large event or a wedding or somewhere that's quite formal. But the role of an MC is actually a lot more versatile than that. A lot of organizations will have meetings where they might have a couple of different departments that come together and each department gives an update or has a little bit of time to talk about what they've been doing, what's coming up, all of that sort of thing. And these sorts of meetings usually have someone in control. It might be the head of that group that has all the department heads underneath them, just simply the highest manager in that room. Or it might be someone within one of the departments running that meeting and keeping it all going. And both of those are essentially an MC, someone that is responsible for keeping the event running, keeping it smooth, introducing speakers. It's safe to say every event where you've got people coming together to listen, to speak and to communicate needs a leader of some sort to keep that event running smoothly, as you said. It needs a bit of a leader. And that person uh, we would define as the MC, whoever is in control of holding that event together. Yeah, exactly that. Whoever is just the leader of that meeting, of that conference or event. Yeah. The overarching theme as an MC, if you are the MC, and it's almost a value that I think you should keep when you're in that role, is that you are in service of the event. I believe it's your job that you are there to serve, and that is to serve the event, as in you want to make it run really nice and smoothly and make sure that it is is as professional as it needs to be. You're there in service of the organisers and the organisation to ensure that um, their hard work is best represented, and you're there in service of the audience and the speakers to make sure that all of that communication happens. So as we move through the points today, through those four areas, that's something to keep in mind is that the MC is in service of an event. Yeah, absolutely. So when you go to a meeting or a conference or an event or anything like that, the MC is generally kind of the first person that you hear from. They're the person who opens up, they welcome everybody, and it's really on them to set the tone and the energy of how that event starts. Absolutely. And we see over and over again how the event opens 
is generally how it continues for the remainder. So if you open with really high energy, really positive feel to it, that's what your audience and that what that is what gets reflected back and continued. And similarly, if you open a bit flat, low energy, not really enthused to be there, that's the energy that gets continued as well. And it is so much easier to maintain energy than it is to build energy. Building energy is exceptionally difficult. That's a good way of thinking about it is that the MC yeah, sets that energy, sets the tone of the event and maintains it there because you, you want to have a bit of consistency because each speaker or presenter will probably have um, you know their own style that they bring, but maintaining that little bit of consistency throughout the event. And that is the next important thing, which is that the MC keeps the event flowing. Yeah, so that is the role of an MC is to basically keep the event flowing. Because I'd really, really hope that every one of these events that has an MC has an agenda as well. You have a schedule of items to get through. And so it's up to the MC to make sure that, that the event actually flows through that agenda or that program. Uh, it's up to the MC to sort of connect each speaker's segment. So closing out from each speaker or each presenter when they're done and moving smoothly into the next and ensuring that it all sticks to that set out agenda. And that's not just about keeping the momentum and making sure that the event stays on track, but also just to have respect for time to ensure that speakers are speaking to time to make sure the event happens at time and any ancillary roles that are happening around you which we'll probably touch on a little bit later that other people who are also there to service the event are also able to and that are respectful of their time and efforts as well so that's the biggest two things that an MC needs to achieve is to set the tone and the energy and to keep the event flowing one of the biggest variables here is going to be who is actually responsible for the event. If it is your event, if it is your meeting, your conference, then there's going to be a different level of expectation that you have versus whether it is someone else's event and you are the one who is facilitating or running it. Okay. And we'll have a quick chat about the difference between them. So if it is your own event, first of all, if you can avoid it, I would generally recommend to get an external MC. Because when you're responsible for the event, there's so much else that you have to think about. And it's really important that an MC stays focused on the running of what is actually seen. So whether it's just a small meeting or whether it's a huge conference, what is seen on stage can be very different to what is going on backstage and all of the other considerations. So if it's your event, you're kind of responsible for caterers making sure that they've got lunch happening on time. You know, you're ultimately responsible for that. You're responsible for all the venue considerations. And even if you've got someone that you've delegated it to, you're still going to feel that level of responsibility. However, if you delegate out the MC role, they can purely concentrate on what is seen and they can take instruction from you and apply that to what they're doing on stage. So for example, if a speaker is running late, you can simply say to the MC, the speaker's late, here's what you need to do. Rather than someone telling you that the speaker's late and then you have to kind of make that decision and then you've got to go and do that. There's so much to think about. I don't have a huge problem with emceeing your own event. I've certainly done it. Um, but as you say, it adds, it does add an extra level of stress. It's just another, another job that needs doing and it takes you away from organizing um, the event on the day. But I've also been in both situations, right? So if you are emceeing and it's your own event, then that's really cool because it puts you in charge. You don't have to sort of 
have a have a meeting with anybody or talk to anybody else if something needs to change, right? And because you've put the event together and you've organized it or organized it with a team, you know exactly what's happening and what needs to happen. So there's almost like this extra level of directness there. Uh, this works better with smaller type events. As you get into bigger events, then generally you're, you're absolutely going to have an external MC. So if you're MCing this larger event, it's unlikely you've played a significant part in the organization of it. The difference here is when it's somebody else who's in the room, who's effectively running the show, then I go back to being in service of the event, which is, I like to think of myself as I am taking instructions directly from that person. I remember I did a big event um, on the Gold Coast a couple of years back and every time there was a break or I was off stage, it was likely that the convener would come up to me and say, hey Thomas, I need you to do this next time you're on stage. It's like, okay, cool. I don't really need to know the reasons why particularly in a lot of those situations, just that the convener had made this decision and I needed to make that happen from stage. And chances are there was something going on in the background there that you didn't necessarily know about, but you yeah. knew that you just had to run with it. Yeah, and I didn't have to stress about that. And for the convener's point of view, it's really good for them because they just have to deal with the, the problem and then hand it straight over to somebody to, to communicate that to the room. As an MC, you're either very much in control and you get to just make that decision and immediately communicate it from stage or you're basically taking instructions from somebody else, which is also a glorious position to be in, because I just get to, you know, as an MC, you just get to do what you do best, which is stand on stage, communicate, and have a little bit of fun. There's two extra tips I will pull out of this. So one of them is when you're an MC for an event that is not yours, you need to walk in with the mindset that you are on the organizer's team. And that is, again, that you're in service of the event and you're in service of the organizer. You want to make this event look really good. So when you get those instructions that, hey, this needs to be communicated from stage, it's always a smile and a yes, how can we make this best happen? Because as an event organizer, they're in effectively the business of risk mitigation, right? So they want to try and reduce every problem that comes their way at an event because stuff always comes up, right? I always want the organizer to think that if they come to me and ask me to do something that's within my role, that they can trust that it will just happen. So being on your organizer's team. And the second tip that I will basically insist that you need to do is when you're given a copy of the run sheet of everything that's happening that day, fold it up and put it into your pocket and do not remove it from your pocket until the event's complete. So I always have my run sheet. There's a specific pocket inside my suit jacket that is the run sheet pocket. Do you ever take it out to look at it? Yeah, all right. <laughs> all right, smarty. Yes, I do take it out to obviously use it. And the reason I say you must always carry it, and I'm talking like the whole event throughout the breaks and you go to the bathroom, all of that stuff, is every time you come off stage, you can basically consider that somebody is going to come up to you and ask you a question. And like I said before, with the convener, when they come up and say, hey, can you mention this when you jump back up on stage? You grab your pen and you add it into that next section. Or somebody, generally it's a speaker, will come to you and say, hey, Thomas, when am I on today? And there's no way you've memorized the run sheet because you've got other stuff to do. So you can quickly pull it out and say, oh, yep, you're at this time. Um, you're constantly getting questions as MC. Everyone thinks that you know exactly what's going on. And you should. You yeah, should. Yeah, you need to, uh, again, this is, you're in service. You need to uh, maintain that you're in control, right? And we'll talk about that later, about being in control. But when somebody comes and asks you a question, you don't want to be palming everything back to the convener or back to somebody else who's already got enough workload. So always, always carry that run sheet in your pocket. 
And that event I ran recently, I found throughout the evening that I was pulling it out and adding in extra bits that I had to say the whole time. And and that run sheet just becomes an integral part of what you're doing. So don't leave it somewhere, always carry it in your pocket. All right, so let's talk about the sort of things that you need to prepare before you go anywhere near the stage, kind of in the days or the hours or even just the minutes leading up to the start of the meeting, conference, event, etc. So the very first thing that you need to find out, learn, understand, know, all of that, is what is the purpose of that event? What are they trying to achieve? And slightly more detailed than that is you need to understand a little bit of the, I guess, the discourse around this event. If it's if you're emceeing, which is perhaps not your own meeting, like understanding some of the language that these people are use and understanding a little bit of the purpose of each of the segments so that when you speak or you have some slight ad lib comments in there, they actually make sense to the audience. You sound like you know what you're talking about, not just, oh, here's this thing and who knows what that is, but rather that you sound like you know what's going on. So one of my favorite events that I've ever emceed was last year. I was MC for Robo Wars, which is literally like robots fighting. It was in <laughs> South Bank here in Brisbane. And they have people who basically build little robots. They get put into a little arena and they fight. So you've got some with hammers, some with saws. It's very cool. So the purpose of that MC event is to be really high energy, was to get the audience moving, was to get people really invested into these robots, really high energy, as opposed to, so I've run kind of smaller events. Occasionally I would run my team meeting back when I worked in an organization and it was quite serious. I would have to introduce each department head to give their department update, which is very different to hyping an audience up (laughs) to watch robots fight. (laughs) And getting that Mexican wave going. (laughs) That's it. So like I said before, understanding the purpose of the event and doing some research into knowing what's going on. So for example, Robo Wars, for days I had to study the robots. I had to know what each robot was, what names they had. It was really important to know what was going on. Like I didn't know anything about robots (laughs) beforehand, but I had to, on the day, know what was going on. And it's really important to do a little bit of research to make sure you are competent and know what's happening on the day. Because on the day, even if you have that run sheet or an agenda or a program that has scripts for specific introductions or there are formal segments that you need to do, there is every chance that you're going to have times where you need to speak somewhat impromptu, fill a little bit of time Mm. or move things a little bit quicker. And so if you know what the donk is going on... If you're not just following a script. Yeah. Yeah. Then you've actually got something to say because if you know nothing about those robots other than what's written on the piece of paper in front of you, well, it wasn't going to work for that event and it doesn't make you look great. So you need to be prepared with some extra content, whether that's sort of um, some stuff that you've got in your head that you can call on or a couple of uh, maybe just cards or something with some extra content to fill time. Why is that? Because sometimes segments run short. Sometimes you have to delay to get to a lunch break or something. Sometimes you've just got to talk for a couple of minutes to fill out that time. So when you're preparing for that content that you know is going to fill time out, I find the best thing that works for me is to have some small stories in there and stories are relatable to the theme and the purpose of the event that will just fill up that little bit of time. A couple of stories uh, is the best way that works for me. Mm. And um, especially if you can get them within the context mm. and the theme and applicable to whatever else is going on. Um, yeah, absolutely. There's often a question about jokes, whether you should have a joke prepared. I'm going to say yes with a caveat. Yes, jokes can work brilliantly as long as they are prepared in advance. 
and the first time you are telling it is not on stage. If you just kind of think, oh, yeah, I'll tell the joke about, I don't know, whatever, (laughs) and then the first time you try to tell it is up on stage, I guarantee it will not go well. Because first of all, if it's a joke that you have made up, then I guarantee the first time you tell it will not be great. As someone who has done stand-up comedy, jokes and, you know, new lines take a lot of workshopping and they take practice to get right. And if it is a joke that you have heard and you've heard someone else tell, I guarantee you will need to mold it towards your personality and your style for it to be funny. Therefore, in either case, whether it's your own joke or someone else's joke, it needs to be prepared and practiced before you go anywhere near a stage or in front of an audience that you are not completely comfortable with. So basically prepare some content for if a speaker runs short or a break needs to be moved or what have you. The most important thing is be prepared to use none of your content. Yeah, yep, yep. Unfortunately, you might have some great stuff that you would love to share, but if there's not time for it, you just move on and you have to leave it on the page. Unfortunately, that's the MC life. Yeah. Actually, I was just reminded, I went and saw, it was actually stand-up comedy, um, a couple of months ago, and the MC was Claire Hooper, who's quite a well-known Australian personality. And one of the comics that was coming out literally had gastro, and she was in the bathroom just before she was meant to come out on stage. Oh, no. So Claire was getting in her earpiece instructions from whoever was running the conference saying you need to pad out a few minutes (laughs) and she was actually really good about it afterwards we found we found out this kind of out after but the comic was so professional and I could not believe that she did this but eventually she came out on stage and said yeah thanks Claire for filling in those five minutes I was literally throwing up but I feel good now I can get through my set I'm I don't know if I could do that personally, but... The pair of having some content ready to go. Oh, absolutely. So Claire was able to kind of fill in five, six minutes with a couple of stories. And then eventually was like, yep, this person's ready to come out now. Please welcome this Mm. comic. This comic came out, did their piece. It was Um, only a five minute set, but then they went back backstage and then we found out what had gone on. mm. But first of all, respect for Claire for being able to fill in those couple of minutes and respect to a comic for coming out <laughs> and Not doing this set with gastro. <laughs> so we talk about having some um, some content ready and being ready to throw it out because you do not want to be the reason that the event runs over time. And also knowing who's in charge of the event, who's the boss, whether it's you or you're taking instruction from a convener. And so part of what you need to know before you get to the event as well is which decisions you're able to make. Mm. And that is If something goes wrong, what can and cannot be worked around and who's going to make those decisions? It could be what happens if a speaker runs, could be what happens if a speaker runs short, if there's caterers or something that can't be worked around. What are those decisions that you can make or that um, you can be expected to make in the event of? And those are the times when um, if something does change, you're either going to have to communicate to the audience or use some of that content that you've provided. That's it, because the audience is looking at you for direction. You are the leader. Yeah, absolutely. And then there is on the day, and this is simply being comfortable in your environment. So you want to get to an event early. Again, we talk about being in service of the event, getting there early and being a part of the event, being ready to go. So getting familiar with the room, how big the room is and where the tables and chairs are, where... Uh, any of these sort of amenities are not just bathrooms, but like any backstage areas or if there's AV or where all of those things are so that you know where to direct people or to look or to indicate or to brief people. Because again, Uh, everyone thinks that you know everything about the event, that you're the person that they ask. Yeah. You also need to know like 
during the event, if things are going to happen, what's going to happen and who's responsible? Maybe there's some sort of ceremony or um, awards or some type of thing. Who's going to present that? And where are those things going to come from? Uh, catering was one that we picked up before as well. So what and who is in the room and where they will be? And then a big one is also, as MC, is to do with microphones and AV. So knowing if there's going to be microphones and how those are going to be used. Because as you, as you said, people expect that the MC is going to know everything. So if this is bigger events mostly, but if, if speakers need to be microphone, there's a chance they're going to come to you. Uh, and you know what the microphone situation is for yourself and for speakers. Often there's a difference there. But again, who to direct them to, what to expect and where they need to be to make that happen. So really being familiar with the room, who and what will be where uh, and being comfortable in your environment because as you say people expect that you're going to know everything about what's going on yeah before the event it's also a great idea to talk with any speakers that are going to be there you need to understand who they are maybe what they're going to talk about again it's on your script but it's great to have a little chat with the speaker and just just get a couple of sentences from them about who they are what they're going to be speaking about all of that sort of thing and it is so imperative that you get their names right. If they have a name that is perhaps difficult to pronounce, maybe something that you're a little bit unfamiliar with, going through with them, even if that takes you going back and forward with them 20 times until you can pronounce their name right, it needs to be right because I personally think it is one of the most disrespectful things you can do to get somebody's name incorrect. As somebody whose name is often spelt wrong, yes. Yeah, my maiden name is Rasmussen and reading it from the page Everybody would say Rasmussen and it used to niggle me so hard. (laughs) And I believe it's important to have that that little relationship with the speaker as well so that when they arrive on the day, um, you can walk up to them, hey, hey man, you're ready to go? Cool. You're going all right? Excellent. Don't forget, microphones are here. It's just nice to be that little extra step, I think, casual. And it makes the relationship on stage during that handover process just that little bit more authentic. And again, it just makes the event that much better. So then the last thing to think about before the event that I want to talk about is what you wear. Now, we're actually going to do an entire episode on what you wear when speaking because there's so many considerations. But I want to make it clear that it really does matter how you dress. It needs to suit the event. If you're at a corporate event, perhaps a suit and tie or real corporate attire, formal corporate attire, is the most appropriate. You can't come in jeans. It has to match the event. And similarly, the event that I was talking about earlier, um, Robo Wars, if I wore corporate attire, I would have looked completely <laughs> out of place. Yep. So I wore pink pants and had my hair in these silly little bun things and a lot of glitter. I would never wear that yeah. <laughs> at a corporate event. Very different for a event that is also being filmed and shoved up on a big screen. Yeah. Yeah. So basically just making sure because we talked about before about setting the tone and the energy, that's all part of it. What you look like is part of the tone of the day and it has to be congruent with what the conference organiser is trying to achieve. The, the joy of being a male is a suit is really easy and I nearly always wear a suit because you can add or take a tie. You can sort of tuck or untuck your shirt. You can take the jacket off. It's actually quite flexible in that regard if you get the tone of the dress slightly wrong. Um, that you can adjust it on the fly or on the day. The other thing I always consider is that you need to be comfortable. As an MC, depending on the event, you'll be up and down countless Mm. times throughout the day. That may may be up and down onto a stage, maybe up and down stairs. It may be wandering around the room a lot and um, doing some bits and pieces, but you need to be comfortable. 
And it needs to have a pocket for your run sheet. Do you know how difficult it is to find anything with pockets as a woman? That is uh, that is seriously like the bane of so many women's existence. There's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> this is a whole nother conversation, oh, okay? Don't get me started on pockets in outfits. Let's talk about something while we're on the topic of women, because okay. we've done it with you, is to know what colour the backdrop is. Yeah. If you're yes, speaking yes. from stage, sometimes there's like a black curtain. And, and if, if you're you in a- wear black. You become part of the background. Yeah. But if you're in a, maybe a corporate room um, with white walls or something, maybe you don't want to wear white. Yeah, and as we said, we're going to do an entire episode on what to wear when you're speaking. Rule of thumb for me, just wear the suit. <laughs> <laughs> so that's basically the things you have to think about before the event. Having some extra content there, being familiar with your room, understanding what decisions you are and aren't able to make on the day, on the spot making sure you check and chat with your speakers and having a good think about what you are dressed in. Yeah, all about being comfortable and looking professional. So let's move on to on the stage. Now, we are going to talk about this kind of in the moment, but all of this stuff, of course, does take preparation, does take thinking about and often practice. But we're going to talk about it as in in the moment, what you do at the time. So talk about how the MC sets the tone and we talked about how people are going to look to the MC to know what's going on. The important thing to remember when you're on stage is the audience is looking to you as at very least the figurehead of control in the event. Mm. Even if you're not absolutely in control of the event, they're looking at you to be in control of the event. Because you're the one that's keeping that agenda on time. You're the one that's maintaining the tone and the flow of the event. And so you need to act like you are in control. And this means presenting with confidence. This means looking like you're in control. And every time you're on stage, regardless of if there are issues happening off stage, that does not come on stage. That everything you're doing there is in service of the event and of the audience. And you want to communicate that things are under control and that you know what you're doing and that you're calling the shots on this. I like to think of confidence in part about having poise under pressure. Mm. And again, that's just staying cool, calm and collected, regardless of what's happening off stage. You're communicating to the audience that this event's going brilliantly, that everything's great uh, and maintaining that positivity. So really just when you're on stage acting like you're in control because you are in control, be in control of the event. Yeah. So something that I see sometimes is the MC will come out and they will forget to introduce themselves. They've got all these great introductions prepared for their speakers and for all everything that's going to happen. And they forget to actually tell the audience who they are. I've done that. <laughs> and you're going to introduce speakers, of course, as well. So uh, it's always important to have any scripting or introductions ready. So know what's coming up and have those scripts or introductions ready um, that could be on your run sheet or on cards, where have you. And a big part of the MC role with introducing your speakers is to generate enthusiasm for them in the audience, right? So making sure that introduction is energetic in an appropriate fashion in whatever mm. whatever way it's going to be. And I always think that the MC should be likable, that the audience should um, love what you're doing. But the moment you've got a speaker on stage, they should be engaged with the speaker, mm. right? So, And I think that's part of remembering that the MC is not the star. Oh, yes. The MC is the glue that holds everything together, but the speakers and, and you're all of them, they're the stars. They're the ones that you should be making shine. 
And that reflects really well on you as well. You don't, yeah, you're not the one that they've come to see. They're there for the yeah. speakers. Yeah, unfortunately, the event is most likely not about you as the MC. No. So, <laughs> and then at the conclusion of each speaker, on behalf of the audience, you want to show appreciation for that speaker. And so this might be a really short comment that's thanking them, that's maybe acknowledging if they were particularly insightful, particularly funny, some really small comment that doesn't really add any of your own content, as it were, or any of your own flavor to what they've said, but just acknowledges on behalf of the audience. And that might be things even as simple as leading the applause that the uh, the audience will take over from. Mm. One key thing that I have very nearly forgotten at times and would have been dangerous if I did, as MC, you know what's going to happen at the event because you've either been involved with preparing it or you've got a run sheet and you've looked at it, you know what's going to happen. Hopefully you've obsessed over your run sheet a bit, yeah. <laughs> and you've got it in your pocket. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that I don't have. <laughs> you need to communicate that to the audience. So one of the first things you do when you're on stage is to set the expectations of this event. Hey guys, here's what's going to happen. If you look at your agenda, this is what's going to happen. Or if there isn't an agenda that people have, here's what you can expect that we're going to have you know, some speakers, we're going to have a breakout, we're going to have lunch, whatever it is, so that the audience has some idea what's happening and it's, they're not just sitting there sort of on this roller coaster, not knowing when it's going to end or something's going to happen. Mm, people like certainty and if you can give them just that extra little bit of certainty that goes a long way in stopping them getting antsy as audience members of like, oh, is lunch after this speaker or is it you know, three speakers away? A little bit of certainty goes a long way. And it can build extra respect with the speakers because if you've got somebody sitting there thinking, oh, I've kind of got to go to the bathroom. I don't know when the next break is. I'm just going to go now. But if they know, oh, the next break is in you know, 10, 10, 15, minutes. 20 minutes, they might go, all right, cool, we know that that's happening. Yep. So straight up at the start of the event, if you can just give maybe a quick run through of the agenda of the event, builds all of that certainty. Yeah. So I think that's basically the considerations that you have to make and the time in the moment on stage. So let's move on to dealing with common scenarios. First scenario, and we've seen this happen to others, and I'm loath to admit that it has happened to us <laughs> when you say something that immediately you regret and you think, oh, I shouldn't have said that. Whether maybe something that you've tried to say has come out completely wrong, or maybe you've just misjudged and made a joke that's fallen flat, or perhaps is borderline offensive. Oh, yeah. Do you remember that mess up at Robo Wars? No, I don't. So there's robots fighting in the box on the day. There was, I don't know, a thousand people in that audience. Yeah. Um, and there were the two MCs. There was yourself and there was Chad, who's... Hi, Chad. He's a good friend. And one of the robots that was coming out to play was called Stingray. And as I remember as the two of you were walking off stage... Chad went, oh, I hope he's not up against Steve Irwin. Oh, no. Do you remember that? No, I don't. <laughs> and the whole audience had that exact reaction. It was just like silence or, oh, dude. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> because it's relatively well known, Steve Irwin was accidentally killed by a stingray barb. So <laughs> not the greatest joke to make. And he noticed it. He noticed that that joke missed. It made probably <laughs> more sense in his head. And he doubled back out and he just went, I think he, he made some really brief comment and just went, Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. And the whole audience was like, yeah, oi, oi, oi. And it was just immediately recovered. And I remember you made the comment that just acknowledged the whole lot. You just went, nice save, Chad. And everyone had a little giggle at that. And the event carried on. 
obviously it was a joke that was meant with the absolute best of intentions mm. and it just happened to land flat. It happens. Uh, but To it be was... fair, it was literally a stingray robot fighting someone <laughs> like, with the fun. intent to kill another robot. Like <laughs> I see how that joke was meant to go. Yeah, and full credit to, to Chad who who noticed that it didn't go brilliantly and immediately did something to rectify mm. and just build that energy again. Uh, you called him out and just acknowledged it real quick and it was but then all move made. On. Yeah. The lesson here is you may mess up. Unfortunately, we've all done it. Uh, but just having some little acknowledgement there, ready to go. And it could be just be something, I've made jokes sometimes, again, that have fallen flat, and just maybe a small comment ready to go, like, I'm sorry, that sounded better in my head. But again, acknowledge, move on, yep. don't dwell on it. The other thing that may happen is it may not be you that messes up, but speakers may mess up. Mm. Uh, and this can happen in a few ways. Yep. So a couple of weeks ago, uh, there was that event I was MC at, and I wasn't fully aware of this beforehand. I probably should have been a little bit more aware, but we had a speaker and it was their first time speaking to an audience of this size. Mm. And you can imagine they were pretty nervous. And it became apparent to me as I was standing off to the side that nervousness was becoming fear. And I was, was starting to take over. And I was not convinced that the speaker was going to complete what they had prepared and said how to do, which I don't want to happen. I want... If somebody has put in the time and the effort and the heart to prepare something, I want that to be shared so that the audience can enjoy and benefit from that. So I was standing off to the stage just thinking to myself, what if this speaker stops? Like, What if the fear becomes too much and they just can't and they either leave the stage or completely freeze up? And I started thinking about some methods that can work uh, in this particular scenario, and it's a pretty full-on scenario. The joy of this situation is the audience were really supportive. They were just uh, listening and waiting for the next word. And I was thinking like, I was thinking, hey, if this speaker just completely stops, maybe I might need to walk up and just stand with them, stand beside them to get through this next part. I was thinking, or I was thinking maybe I just have to go and sit in the front row and get this person to speak just to me and ignore everybody else in the room. Um, if maybe they completely left the stage, it could have been a little bit of a patch up on my part about, uh, you know, anxiety and fear is real. Maybe we'll get this person back up to finish a little bit later on. But as an MC, you need to be on standby throughout the whole event in case there is something come up with the speakers because we're all, you know, squishy carbon-based people with emotions and can feel the fear and things do go wrong. Things can go wrong even with um, PowerPoint, for example, or timing equipment or you name it. Being on standby, ready to help out discreetly. Remember, as MC, your job is to make the speakers shine. Mm -hmm. So helping out discreetly, not making a big deal about it. Acknowledge and move on at absolute worst, but helping out to make sure that the speakers shine. So they're two big kind of band-aids for things that happen on stage. Either you say something that you might need to backtrack on or address, or the speaker, something happens with the speaker that, again, you need to address. Basically, expect problems. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't think I've seen an event where something, something even small has not gone wrong. You need to expect problems. And if you get flustered and, oh, no, this is happening, and I mean, you should expect that something's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. So you need to stay positive and stay flexible and be prepared for that. Again, we talked up the front about energy and maintaining the energy. As soon as you get flustered and negative and stressed, that energy will be passed straight on to your audience. They will start to get negative and stressed and flustered and feel what you are feeling. So if you can expect that there's going to be issues, 
and just have some ideas on how to deal with them. You want to communicate what needs to happen. What needs to happen. So maybe, maybe lunch is late. So you just communicate, hey, we're going to push lunch back by 20 minutes. The audience doesn't necessarily need to know all of the reasoning and detail and the stress behind it. Just communicate what needs to happen. And the one last difficult situation that I want to talk about that I hope no one ever has to deal with because it is uncomfortable. And that is a speaker that goes long. A speaker that maybe was allocated 15 minutes and you're getting to 25 minutes <laughs> and they're still talking and they're not looking like they wrap up. This is really uncomfortable. And it's uncomfortable for everybody involved. Yeah. So let's talk about the strategies to deal with this. So you can do your best to prevent this. One of those ways is through communication. So if there is any sort of timing device, so like a countdown timer or a little way from somebody when they're getting towards the end. So making sure that the speaker knows how they know where they're up to in their time. That's a big way to mitigate this. So that would kind of come in when you're chatting to them at the beginning. Like, mm. hey, if you look at this person, they'll kind of give you a wave when you, yeah. you've got two minutes left or you know, make sure you're looking at the computer that's down there. It'll tell you what time you've got left. Yeah. And then unfortunately, sometimes somebody still manages to go, as you said, well over time. So then we get into real mitigation strategies. Yep. The next thing you can do as the MC, if someone is really going over the allocated time, is stand up. Just at the side of the room or wherever you're sitting, just stand up mm. and make it clear that you are ready to take the stage back. Just that non-verbal body language that their time is up. You're there ready to go. If that doesn't work, take a couple of steps towards them. Mm. Again, it's still passive. You're not actually saying anything. You're not taking over from them. But your body language is clearly saying it's time to wrap up. Mm. And I think sometimes in that, if maybe they haven't noticed or they're looking at you wondering what it means... Have you ever seen those events where the MC's at the side just making like the tea with oh, their hands? The like, this is time? It's a timeout signal. Yeah, that one. Yeah. It's from the sports ball. <laughs> <laughs> but the tea with your hands. Yeah, I know. I know yeah, what you mean. Because again, that's a nonverbal communication. It may not be apparent to the audience, but the speaker can see. So it's, it's quite non-invasive to the event as a whole. Yes. Or the other one that you see is they have their fingers and they just kind of like what have their two pointy fingers. Doing the whizzy motion. This is not a good for podcast, but they just roll <laughs> their fingers around each other. The little wrap like, signal. Come on. You know what? We all speak the same body language. I think yeah. <laughs> you have a signal as MC and especially if you can communicate that before the speaker starts. So before the event, if you can communicate, hey, when you see me doing this gesture, it's time to close out, conclude what you're saying. And then I hope that no one ever has to, and then I hope that no one ever has to go down this path, but the probably absolute most extreme case is when you have to verbalize something, mm. something like, I'm sorry, the caterers are pushing us for time. We need to wrap up now. Or one that I've seen that I actually really, really disagree with is when someone will just start clapping. Like that's the end, start clapping. Oh, a clap. I actually, I disagree with that, the yeah, clap yeah. off. It's a bit the same as when you have their microphone cut because, yeah, it just becomes, they don't have... That's rude and disrespectful. Yeah. I mean, it's absolutely an extreme case and I've never had to experience something this extreme myself before, but I've seen it happen and, oh man, it's uncomfortable. I don't know if it's more uncomfortable than the person just continuing on. That's a really sticky situation. I've seen it happen and the issue is they did not have these other strategies to follow first. They didn't yeah. try the stand-up the timeout signal. The passive stuff. The passive stuff first. 
yeah, jumping to that as a first resort is not going to win no. you any friends as an MC or in an event. And the reason that you do need to wrap up speakers and not just kind of let them go for as long as they want is because, again, we've said, we've said this number of times, you need to serve the event and not just that one person that's pulling things off the rails. So it might feel a little bit rude to maybe stand up, to maybe give them the time out, but it is showing a kindness to the event organizers, to the audience, to everyone involved, and even to the speaker, because Mm. they don't want to be in this situation. Often they don't know that they've gone way over time. And chances are they'll come off later and go, oh, thanks for telling me that my time was up. I didn't realize. Yeah, you don't want your audience to dislike that speaker who may have had brilliant content and be a brilliant human being, um, but just because they went too long. So thank you very much, Susie, for the suggestion of how to be an MC. The big thing to consider is just as an MC, you're in service of the event. We had a quick chat about what the role is, what the MC needs to achieve, what you need to do before the event to prepare. And we had a bunch of those considerations that you need to make from stage, as well as all of the standard skills and techniques you use when you're public speaking or presenting or communicating specific to the MC role. And then a couple of those sticky, tricky, uh, common scenarios that you may have to deal with as an MC running the event. So we both hope this has been of value. Get out there, good luck, and have fun with your MCing. Thanks for listening to today's show. We'd love for you to leave us a review on iTunes. If you'd like to know more, check out presentationboss.com.au slash podcast, where you'll find the show notes for today with links to everything we've discussed. If you have any questions about presentations that you'd like us to discuss, get in touch by emailing us at podcast at presentationboss.com.au. We're always happy to hear your thoughts or take suggestions for future episodes. Most importantly, we rely on you to share the information of this podcast. If you found value in today's episode, please recommend us to a friend. Have a great week. If Einstein was a rapper and a DJ, what would his stage name be? Mm. MC squared.